Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I'd like you to grab your Bibles tonight. I'd like you to go to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. Book of Colossians chapter 1. Thank you, ushers. Thank you so much. So as we're preparing ourselves to begin to navigate tonight through the word, I want to pray one more time. Can we do that? Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, so thankful for your presence. Holy Spirit, I thank you how you kiss the word and you loose revelation into our lives. You kiss us tonight, Holy Spirit. I pray even tonight, Lord the loosing of miracles as the word is washing us the spirit of revelation I pray for Lord just the consciousness of your abiding presence within us and upon us and all around us now in the name of Jesus Amen I think I want to start here tonight. I told you Colossians 1, but there's a word that Paul speaks to the church in Rome as he writes his letter, and it's found in chapter 1, verse 11. He says, I long to be with you. Thank you, Austin. He says, I long to be with you. And he says, the reason I long to be with you is because I, I desire to be with you so much because I want to impart some spiritual gift in you that will establish you. I want to impart spiritual gifting that will establish you. The key word there is established. Just say that word tonight, established. I want to impart spiritual gift, Paul writes, to establish you. So we're going to begin to read in the book of Colossians, beginning in chapter 1. And this is a, a prayer from a spiritual father or a spiritual papa, really to all generations and to all the church. And to give you a little bit of history about the book of Colossians, the, the church in Colossus was actually birthed through a, a man named Epaphras. And Epaphras was a man that actually traveled to the city of Ephesus, and he became a convert underneath the Apostle Paul. That's where he got saved, that's where, that's how he was fathered. So Epaphras traveled from the city of Colossus, he went to the, the city of Ephesus, where we know through church history, the greatest New Testament outpouring of the Spirit, the, the most powerful pulsating church in the New Testament was in the city of Ephesus. Now, Paul was the one who, as an apostle, he pioneered and birthed that church, but he had a spiritual son that actually pastored that church, and his name was Timothy. And so Epaphras came into Ephesus, and we know through church history, he stayed somewhere between two and three years underneath Paul's mentorship as an apprentice. Then he went back to his city called Coloss, and he began to launch a church, a house church, just right out of his home. And so we have a letter here before us that Paul is writing now to a spiritual son. And 
I want to lay that foundation so that you understand the fervor for which Paul is praying. And you, if, if you see it in that dimension of relationship, see, God always moves through the power of relationship, always. Everything in life literally flows through the power of relationship. So when you set it, when you set it in the tone or in the foundation of understanding that this man was under Paul's ministry, became a spiritual son, went and pioneered a work, and now he's writing him, and he's saying, these are the things that I'm interceding over you. These are the things that I'm praying. These are the things that I'm declaring over you. It takes on a whole new dimension, doesn't it? It's beautiful. And so beginning in verse 9, Paul says, for this reason, we also, since the day that we heard of it. And what does he mean by heard of it? The church being birthed. That's what it means. Ever since I heard of the church being birthed in Coloss, he says, I do not cease to pray for you. Don't you love that? I do not cease to intercede and pray for you. And I ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. That you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. I've said a few times here, a mentor used to say in my life, he, he says, you don't measure fullness by full. You measure fullness by overflow. Isn't that good? You measure fullness by overflow. And so he says, I'm praying that you are just filled and overflowing with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding. I'll tell you what, if there was ever a time that we needed to be established and grounded, having spiritual understanding, it is in this time and this generation now. God doesn't want us just flying around by the seat of our pants. Are you hearing me? He doesn't want us flying around like a, like a kite in a hurricane. He wants us firmly established so that we have true spiritual understanding. Amen? He wants us rooted. God wants you rooted. He wants you grounded in Him, established. And Paul goes on in verse 10. He says that you may walk worthy of the Lord. You may want to circle that in your Bible, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. And I love this. This is his prayer. He's interceding for the church. He's saying, I'm I'm, as a father, I'm praying over the work that has begun. And I'm praying that you all walk worthy of the calling of God. This is a pattern that you see with the Apostle Paul throughout the book of Ephesians, one of my all-time favorite books. You see Paul, he gives this instruction. He said, I pray that you walk in love. There's four walks throughout the, the book of Ephesians. He says, I pray that you walk in love. I pray that you walk in humility. I pray that you walk worthy. I pray that you walk circumspectively before the Lord. I pray you walk in love. I pray you walk in humility. I pray you walk worthy. I pray you walk circumspectively. What, what does that word mean, circumspectively? What does, that, what does that mean when you hear circumspectively? How many of you remember when you were in biology class going to school? How many of you remember dissecting uh, something? <laughs> how many of you remember that? Okay, a few of you. Well, and we won't 
we won't be too graphic. We'll just go G-rated tonight, and we'll, we'll just remember that dissecting means to, to cut something open, and actually, what did we do? We examine its innards. <laughs> Y'all okay? <laughs> it was cut open, and we began to examine the innards. What he says is circumspectively means this. It says, he says, walk circumspectively. It means to be examined from the inside out. That's what, that's what David prayed in Psalm 16 where he says, investigate my heart and make it clean. Do a thorough investigation of the inside of me that there be nothing on the inside of me that grieves your spirit. That's powerful. So Paul says, I want you to walk in love. When he prays for the church, he says, I, I want you to walk in love with one another. I want you to walk in such humility with one another. I want you to walk worthy of the Lord, and I want you to walk circumspectively. You with me? This is good, isn't it? Come on, eat your vegetables. That's good. And then he says, fully pleasing God, fully pleasing Him. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing or expanding in the knowledge of God. And I love how this is worded. See, when you read prayers like this, you can actually make them your prayers. When you read this, you can say, God, I desire to walk fully pleasing to you. God, you have ordained me to be fruitful. You have ordained, you have called me, you have commissioned me to be fruitful in every good work, that I will abound in every good work. This is your will over my life. Come on, say amen. This is what he's praying, that you increase in the knowledge of God. See, this takes the ministry of the Holy Spirit. As the leader of this local body, you know, I, I don't hold the threshold of all wisdom, revelation, knowledge. Do you understand? It has to come from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Even if we had apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist right here in this local body, you have to have the ministry of the Spirit of God increasing you so that you're growing in the knowledge of the kingdom and the knowledge of the Father. Come on. Are you with me? And then it goes on and he says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. I'm still in verse 11. Come on, I'm making my way through this prayer and I'm taking my time. Come on. He says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience. And then he has to throw this one in. <laughs> Long suffering with joy. Wow. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much. I mean, can you imagine Epaphras opening this letter and reading this to the congregation, and, and he has to throw in the big L word, long-suffering. See, Paul was the one who wrote to us in Titus, and he said, there's going to be times in your life you're going to have to endure hardship as a good soldier. There's going to be times where you're going to have to be overcoming. He said, long-suffering with joy. You know, if Paul was here tonight, and he literally is through his letter, and by the Holy Spirit has become the eternal word of God, that not one jot and tittle shall be lost of the word. Amen? Paul knew what it was to go through affliction. 
He knew what it was to go through turbulence and trial. He knew what it was to endure persecution. Paul was not a weak Christian. Are you with me? You know that it says, the scripture tells us that in the city of Lustra, when you read about Paul in the book of Acts in the city of Lustra, where he was stoned for the second time, it says that they left his body outside the city to rot and die. They had stoned him, and they thought Paul was dead. And it gives you a whole new meaning when you think about Paul saying, oh, yeah, well, I am crushed, but I am not destroyed. I may be crushed, I may be persecuted, but not destroyed. And then he goes on, and he, he has actually the audacity to write these words. He says, and out of all of these tribulations, God has delivered me from them all. Are you on tilt a little bit? Because if we went through that, we, we might have difficulty getting over those obstacles going, Lord, I thought I was your buddy. I thought I was your buddy, and I'm going through all of this. If Paul was here tonight, he would say there's going to be times where you have to pray this for your own life, that when you're going through long suffering, you will have joy. Wow. When you're going through long suffering, and you've all lived long enough, you know, you've got to have joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the joy of the Lord will carry you throughout any kind of hurricane or storm that you ever face. He says, I'm praying this. Epaphras, Epaphras, you tell the people, I am so pleased with what's going on. But remind them that they have to be increasing and ever growing in the knowledge of the kingdom. They have to be experiencing the glory. And they have to go through long suffering. How? With joy. In verse 12, he goes on. He says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. You know what? I don't think that we have really even begun to scratch the surface to allow ourselves to really dream how grand the inheritance that our Father has laid up for sons and daughters. I don't think we've even really begun to scratch the surface of the goodness of God in this covenant through Christ that He has cut with us that is our inheritance. In fact, in 1 Corinthians Paul writes these words, he says, no eye has seen, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor has it ever even entered into the heart or the minds of men, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Wow. Wow. It, it does go on in the next verse, it says, but he has revealed them to us by His Spirit. We have literally, do you remember the old scratch and sniff stickers? How many of you remember that? I remember my, my grandma and grandpa's house, grandma and grandpa Gibbs' house. They used to have this, this little shop down the end of the block where they lived, and, and me and my cousin Kurt would go down to this little shop, and the butcher would be down there cutting meat. Man, that was spooky. 
I remember that. And we, Kurt and I would get these old scratch and sniff stickers. You remember those? And you could put them up to your nose and you could smell grapes or you could smell, smell strawberries or pineapples. But the truth is, is that you weren't holding the substance of it. It just smelt like it. You scratched it, you smelt it. And I think that at times, maybe that's close to how it really is, that we haven't even begun to dream about the great glory of the inheritance that God has stored up for us through Christ. And Paul is saying, I am praying that the abundance of the inheritance that God has stored up for the children of light, that it would be revealed to you. Don't you want us praying like this for what God wants to do in our region? Wow, what an inheritance. What a mighty inheritance. See, I don't, I don't know where you let yourself go with your anointed imagination. Last night, Jerry and I and a few others, we were, we were in Wachula, the thriving metropolis of Wachula, Florida. And I'm telling you what, the power of God broke out in that place, and I, I do not exaggerate. <laughs> it was a wild night, wild, untamed, wild night. And they, they literally, their ministry, their school of ministry was just given a building. They were in the city. They were given a building. There's three people clapping in here. <laughs> That's how they started the meeting. That's how they started the meeting. A building has been given. They're, they're about to retrofit, redesign, do the whole thing. They've been given a beautiful building there in Wachula. At the, by the end of the night, I, I asked their director to come up, and I said, she doesn't know what I'm about to do, and I prayed for her. I said, I'd like everybody to stretch your hands towards me, and I want her to pray for me that we have a building given to us. <laughs> come on. God's no respecter of persons. What he's done for another, he can do for you. But she prayed. Jerry remembers. Jerry was standing right next to her when she prayed, she, she said, Lord, she said, I pray that when this property is given to them, that it would be filled with state-of-the-art technology so, so stunning that this will be a 50-year uh, property, 50-year property, that we wouldn't have to move and move and move and move and move. Now, when I heard her pray that, that sounded like someone who understood the inheritance of our father. I loved that prayer. I was like, it was powerful. I was like, ooh, yes. See, I don't, I don't know how far you let your anointed imagination go, really on how great God wants to lavish you and pour out his spirit and blessings upon you and your family. I want to encourage you. Let yourself go there. I want to encourage you. Let yourself go there. I want you to write this down tonight. Thank you, Lord. A believer that carries a consciousness of the abiding presence of God within him or within her, they will be an individual that stewards God's presence with honor and with a sacred trust. 
A believer that carries a consciousness of the abiding presence of God within him or within her, they will steward that presence with honor and a sacred trust. See, I like to say it like this. Our consciousness to the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit within us actually determines our level of consecration. It actually determines our level of integrity. It actually determines our level of the miraculous that God wants to give us access to walk into. Your consciousness to the abiding presence of God within you, as you honor the sacred trust of the Father giving us the Holy Spirit, if you cherish the gift of the Holy Spirit, if you have, see, the, the word consciousness brews up that, that word, the awareness, or knowing the nearness of the Spirit of God at all times, in you, upon you, and through you. And as you steward that with a, with a, a great honor, as you steward it with a great sensitivity, it will grow. You have to protect the flame of God within you. Now, now, so, just so, so you know, the flame of God is not fragile. <laughs> the flame of God is not fragile whatsoever. It is unstoppable. It is unquenchable. But we have a stewardship within our own lives on how we carry the abiding presence of God within us. And if we have an awakening to the consciousness of Him within us, we will move into another dimension on flowing and partnering and cooperating with the Holy Spirit and begin to go to brand new places we never dreamed was possible. Are you with me? Sometimes the door to the miraculous looks ridiculous on the outside. I'll say that again. Sometimes the door to the miraculous looks ridiculous on the outside. But here's the deal. It is truly by our sensitivity and our awareness of the Spirit that will lead us through doors that seem ridiculous that give us access into the miraculous. It is our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Those of you that are married, you, you, you understand this all too well. You know that if you have a sensitivity to your wife's heart, to your wife's presence, if you have a sensitivity to her, it will open up brand new access into the heart of your wife. If you're not sensitive to your wife, if you're just kind of going aloft and along and as you jolly well please, you know, we don't want to be men that are married but literally live single. There's a lot of men in this world, they're married but they live like a single man. But as you're sensitive to the very presence of your wife, it will open, or to your husband, it will open up access to one another. It's the same with God. That's why marriage is the miracle of and really the revelation of how we walk with God. That's what Paul wrote in Ephesians 5. He said, I say all of this to you concerning marriage. What I'm actually speaking to you, this is the revelation of Christ. Come on, are you with me? So it's our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that will literally open up doors to the miraculous. They may look ridiculous, 
But if you have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and the voice of the Lord, and we are his sheep and we can hear his voice, and the voice of a stranger we will not follow. Amen? The last verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul prays this prayer. He says, I pray that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of the Father and the communion of the Holy Spirit will be upon you all. Now remember, we, we, we've been in Colossians reading about a prayer over that church, but now here's a prayer from Paul that he's praying over the church in Corinth. I pray that you would encounter and have an abundance of the love or the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit upon all of you. A sensitivity, a communion, a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The more that we do that, the more sensitive to Him we are. The more we can be led, the more that we can be directed, we can be redirected. See, as we steward to honor the Holy Spirit, what happens is, is that God will lead us into the miraculous, and it actually becomes an unending adventure. Are you with me tonight? It becomes an unending adventure. I said a few months ago to us that, see, our communion with the Holy Spirit is literally an ongoing, never unending conversation. It's always going on. The Holy Spirit is always moving and brewing and looking to lead and direct and move us here and turn us there. It's a never-ending conversation that goes on between us and the Holy Spirit to be led by the Spirit of God. It says in Romans 8, it says those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? They are the sons of God. The sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. Amos chapter 3 and verse 7. Amos chapter 3 and verse 7. This may be an unfamiliar verse to you. Perhaps it's not. But this is a verse that began to fascinate me in my young teenage years. I was probably 13 or 14 when this really started taking hold of me. It says, surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants or his friends, the prophets. Surely the Lord does nothing until he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. Now, I love this. Now, Getting the secret counsel of God doesn't happen just because you have somebody high profile lay their hands on you. That's not how you get access into the secret counsel of God. You get, see, you get access into the secret counsel of God by actually having friendship with God. And, you know, friendship is actually acquired by time well spent with one another. This is a message that, that really runs through me and runs through everybody I'm attached to in this family very deep. Some of you have read the, the book uh, by Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages. How many of you have read that? Fabulous book. And he says one of the love languages is quality time 
or time well spent. Quality time. What is quality time? Quality time is a designated time set aside that is uninterrupted. Hear that. Quality time is a time that is uninterrupted so that it is time with each other. That's one of the love languages. But actually, this is also God's love language. God loves quality time with us as sons and daughters. God loves quality time with his sons. You know that God actually loves the the sound of your voice? God actually loves your presence. While, While you're singing to him, I love, I love, I love your presence. He's like, yeah, and that's right. And I love, and I love your presence. I love your presence. I love your voice. I love being with you. I remember when this verse started to uh, put its hook in me. And I said, Lord, I, I, it always scared me to even think about being a prophet. Where he says he, sh- he shares his secrets with his friends or servants, the prophets. And I, I, I remember praying. I was like, Lord, I'm not asking to be a prophet, but I do want you to talk to me. So that you will share your thoughts and your desires and your mind and your intentions with me. I want to be that close to you that you will talk to me about the things that are on your heart and give me your secret counsel. I want to encourage you to make that your prayer. So this is what this is what Jesus does in John 15. And I want you to go there and I'll give you just a few seconds because you got to turn right a little bit from Amos to jump to John. <laughs> it's just a hop, skip, and a jump. But Jesus does this. And I love this because, see, Jesus came to reveal the Father. This was the passion of his life. In fact, he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Wow, how audacious. How audacious. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. We're inseparable. We are one. And what I love is that Jesus was always erasing religious lines that kept people from having access to the goodness of God. Don't you love that? He was always revealing the power of a grace that superseded all the religious fluff that got no one nowhere. And this is what he says in verse 15. He says, I no longer call you servants. You're going to see it in a second. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. You see it? A servant doesn't know what his master is doing. Ha, but I have called you friends. For all this I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. And now you're catching it. He says that he wants to share his secret counsel with his servants, the prophets. Yet Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. I call you my friends because I want you to know what the Father is actively doing and engaging in. I want to give you access. I call you friends. (laughs) That should make you smile. I call you friends. Friends of God are the ones that have the authorization to change the present world. Friends of God 
are the ones that God commissions forth to redesign planet earth to look like heaven. You with me? Jesus never would have told us to pray. Matthew 6, verse 10. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Here it is. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus never would have told us to pray that if it were not possible. He never would have told us to pray that if it were not possible. See, we actually have to renew our mind to this, don't we? Come on. We actually have to let our minds be renewed to this. And what I like to, what I like to call out of this is that where did Jesus get the authorization to actually tell us that we had authorization to pray that prayer? He got it from the Father. Because he said, we're not allowed, he said, I, I'm not allowed to say or do anything unless I see my Father doing it. If I see my Father doing it, then I have the authorization to begin to do it. If I hear my Father say it, then I have the ability to say it. So if he said, I want you to pray this way, that it would literally be on earth as it is in heaven, whose prayer is it? It's the Father's. It's the Father's dream that earth would literally reflect and look like heaven. You have to let your mind be renewed to this. You have to let your mind be renewed to this. Because heaven wants to be reflected in the earth. I like to say it like this. If God was in control the earth would actually look like heaven. But guess what? God is not in control. God is not a control freak. God's never been in control, and he's never been a control freak. It's quiet in here, isn't it? That's because Christians like to say all the time, God is in control. And if God was in control, the world would look like heaven. Because guess what? In heaven, God is in control. But the Bible tells us that the heavens... Even the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given over to the sons of men. That's Psalm 115, verse 16. Y'all all right? Psalm 24 says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yet he has given it to the sons of men. This puts a... Uh, a real mind bender on this for us. Instead of believing that God is going to do everything, God is looking for covenant sons and daughters. Let me put it in the language that Jesus put it in. He says, I want to give it to my friends that I can give my secret counsel to, my desires, my intentions, my dreams, my aspirations, so that they can go and fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, so it covers the earth like the waters cover the sea. I think this is going to take some time. I think this is going to take some time for the body of Christ, for all of us, for Brian, for all of us, to get our minds and our hearts renewed that God wants the earth to look like heaven. He wants His kingdom to come. How does it happen? 
God's friends are the ones that redesign a city. Transformed people can transform cities. Transformed people can transform regions. That's why we have to be ever-changing. That's why we have to always be ever-transformed and conformed into the image of the Son of God. Because the more glory that we move into, the more glory that we are conformed into the image of Christ, then we begin to lose heaven. You think we're just having a church service in here? No, we're not. That's not what we're doing. We're here expanding the authority of the kingdom of God. We are here opening the heavens wide for angels to ascend and descend and for hearts to open and yield themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing. We're here to build His kingdom. Are you with me? Yeah, you're with me. I can feel it. I can feel it. Go to John 14. That's not a far jump. (laughs) You got a few more minutes left in you? Do you? John 14. Most assuredly, verse 12, sorry. (laughs) Most assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Wow. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes me. Now, I want to start right there. He who believes me. I want to set something on the scripture so that we have a new bearing on this, that this scripture is a prophecy. Now, how do we know it's a prophecy? Because Jesus said he's going to the Father, and he says, if you believe you will be able to do the same works that I'm doing and even greater works. This is important. Who are the people that apprehend prophecy? People who believe it. Come on, are you with me? People who apprehend prophecy are the ones who believe it. Those that move in unbelief and doubt, they do not apprehend prophecy. Those that move in faith and believe apprehend prophecy. So he says, the works that I do and greater works will you do because I go to the Father. This this is big. We have to let our mind and our hearts get renewed again. I want to grab the word out of Colossians where we started the prayer of the inheritance that God has given us. There is a limitless supply of the power of 
the Holy Spirit that the Lord wants to unveil through us, but it will not happen unless we believe it. But if we believe, if we believe, we can tap into the unlimitless supply and the excess of heaven. And we can actually begin to do the things that Jesus did and greater things. Our destiny is not to just come to church and amen sermons. This is where you get filled up and fueled up and then commissioned and sent out. And then you step through a door that absolutely looks ridiculous because the Holy Spirit led you there in sensitivity and brings you into a place of the miraculous. And this is where you begin to actually test your faith. And faith is called R or spelled R-I-S-K. And you begin to just risk yourself, risk your reputation, put yourself on the line, put yourself out there with the Lord, and risk yourself. And this see the Holy Spirit meet you. Come on. This is how it happens. When you begin to cooperate with that abiding presence of God that is within you. And you have a God consciousness that he is within you, moving through you. Desires to touch through you. Desires to loose words of life through you. Jesus says in John 6, 63, he says, my words, they are spirit and they are life. And when we cooperate with the Spirit of God within us, we can literally release words of destiny and life and transformation to those around us. You know, you can move in the prophetic without even feeling like you're just saying, oh, thus saith the Lord. You can just be with somebody and you're just, you begin to flow in the prophetic and you don't even know it. And those people are sitting there like, wow, uh, where's that coming from? You don't have to have goosebumps the size of hubcaps to know you're flowing in the prophetic. If you spend quality time with the Lord, time well spent with the Lord, you can just come out. I don't want to use the word out, but you can just, I've just seen it like this. It's almost like a cartoon. It's like you're just enveloped by the Lord, and when those people get in your presence, they're enveloped in that. They've come into your realm. They've come into your sphere, and now you're just Releasing words that are spirit, loosing words that are life upon them. Are you with me tonight? I want to say tonight that miracles and wonders shall become our new normal. And the way that they become our new normal is we believe it and we pray it and we say it. And we declare it together. It becomes our new normal. We say it. We declare it. We prophesy it together. How do we ap- apprehend the kingdom? How do we apprehend the wonders of God? We do it by believing. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Them that believe. Why don't we put our Bibles aside tonight? Thank you, Lord. Austin, why don't you come? Give us some keys.
Why don't we stand tonight? Father. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, bring us into the inheritance that Jesus died and rose again to provide for us. Bring us into the inheritance to expand the kingdom of God, the realm of God, the reign of God, here, here, as it is in heaven, here, as it is in heaven. Lord, let that begin right here in our lives. We say in us, Lord, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. In us, in our family, in us, in our hearts, in our family, in our children, in our grandchildren. Throughout the lineage of our family, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let everything be subdued by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let our families walk into a grand inheritance, Lord. The grand inheritance of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you blow wind in our sails tonight, that we begin to see this company of believers begin to move in great exploits in the power of the Spirit. Great exploits throughout this region, Lord, that a new normal will hit the church. A new normal of wonders will hit the church by the Spirit of God by the spirit of grace hallelujah hallelujah spirit of god spirit of god brood over us spirit of god Thank you for the new thing that you are birthing now. Thank you for the new thing that you are doing in this region, oh God. Thank you for the new thing that you're birthing even now. Thank you, Spirit of God. The doors are open. The doors are open. The Lord has provided our victory. The Lord has paid in full our victory. The doors are open. Go through. Go through the gates. Go through the gates open for you. Go into the gardens of provision. Go into the gardens of inheritance. Go into the gardens of the miraculous. Go into the gardens of the Spirit of God. Receive the harvest that the Lord has prepared. Receive. 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 So with hands lifted tonight, I want to pray just a couple prayers here. 
number one, specifically for those that have been engaged in some really strong battles, that the Lord would strengthen and encourage your heart. Right now, in Jesus' name, I just declare a refreshing, a refreshing for this entire brand new week as we cross the threshold into tomorrow, that this week will be a week of the Lord replenishing you, restoring you, refueling you. May the Lord nourish your soul. May the Lord nourish your spirit. May you feel wind in your sails. May you feel that burden lift off of you right now by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Right now, just like taking a rock off of a sponge, I just declare that your pores are opening. Your pores are opening. You're being resaturated, resaturated by the presence of God. Be renewed. Be renewed by the Spirit right now. Ha 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 ha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Be blessed. Be blessed. And now I want to pray for all of us the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord that you awaken us as brothers and sisters to the amazing miracle that your spirit is within us. Let us feast on that this entire week. Change our way of thinking. Change our expectation for even what is possible what is possible, what we have access to. I bless you to dream big with God. <laughs> I bless you to dream big with God. I bless you to dream of the glory being poured upon this region and upon our nation. I bless you to bind your heart to cooperate with the Holy Spirit this week. <laughs> yes. Yes. Pray this, Lord, I bind my life to yours. I bind my life to yours. I bind my, pa I bind my path to yours. I buy my step and my pace with your steps and your pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the authority to bind. You have the authority to lose. It's a good way to bind yourself to the heart of God. Lord, I'm asking you to teach us. Teach me, Lord. Teach me. Teach us how to receive your kingdom in glory and power. Teach us how to create a stronghold for the kingdom of heaven here and now. Here and now, Lord. Teach us, Lord. Teach us to be steadfast, Lord. Teach us to pray. Teach us to walk this out and not grow weary in well-doing. But in due season, 
we shall reap the harvest if we faint not. Let's not faint. Let's run and not grow weary. Let's walk and not faint. Let's mount up with wings as eagles. Let's mount up with wings as eagles. Let's mount up and soar in the spirit. Let's mount up and flow in the winds of God. Let's mount up. Let's soar in the winds of God. Let's soar into the heavenlies and dream with God. Let the Holy Spirit tell you things that you, you never thought were possible. You, you, you never let yourself dream that it was possible to go there. Let the Holy Spirit convince you. Let the Holy Spirit make you fully persuaded. <laughs> what if the Holy Spirit said, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> I can hear Hawk Hogan's voice saying, let me tell you something, brother. But I can hear the Holy Spirit saying that over, over us. Let me teach you something, brother. Let me show you something, sister. Let me show you something, sister. Let me teach you something, brother. Let me teach you something, brother. Holy Spirit, show us the way. Show us the way. Show us the treasures that you have hidden for us. Show us the treasures that you have hidden for every family here, God. Show us those treasures. Let us discover them, Lord. Your dream is good, Father. Your dream is glorious. I say, let it be here on earth as it is in heaven. For your family, be blessed. For your dreams, be blessed. For the will of God to come to pass. May you, may you be the ones who do the works of Jesus and greater things 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 and greater things, <laughs> and greater things. hallelujah Angela just step up here step up to that microphone for just a few more moments we're going to lift our voices to the Lord for a few more minutes. I just want us to lift our hands just before we conclude tonight to just give honor and worship to the Lord.
Amen. We receive tonight. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise tonight. Come on, praise. We love you. Have a miracle week. Be blessed. Go in the blessing and the favor of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.